Hey G12 family, welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you here. We know this message will draw you closer to God's word, his will, and his way wherever you are. Enjoy the message. Hey guys, welcome to G12 Church Online. We're so happy to be with you here again. Welcome to our online service. And right where you're at, we just want to say that as a church, we're praying for you. We really are praying for your safety, for you to be staying safe, for you to take advantage of this time to be united with your family and get closer to God and seek God more during this time. For me, it's such a great privilege and honor to be able to come here and share the word with you guys tonight. And tonight I wanted to share a word that God has actually been sharing with me since before this social distancing started. It was about a week before we heard about the outbreak of this virus and God gave me this word and I really feel like this word is for this time, for this nation. And so the word that God has been sharing with me that I wanna share with you guys today is titled Protectors of the Miracle. Protectors of the Miracle. If you're sitting there in your living room at home with your family, I want you to say that to your family. Say, Protectors of the Miracle. If you're home by yourself, you're going to just say it out loud. Say, Protectors of the Miracle. And it's really so important that we as Christians, as believers, become protectors of the miracle. You know, a lot of times we have this misconception. We wrongly think that it's the weak things that need protection. We wrongly think that it's the weak, the small, the vulnerable that need protection. In reality though, what needs protection, the things that we give protection to are the most valuable things. For example, the president of the United States travels around and he never goes anywhere alone. Wherever he goes, he goes with the secret service right? Because he is a valuable asset to our country. If he, if something happens to him, then the whole country is in chaos. And this goes for most countries around the world. It's interesting, if you research the most protected, the most highly protected places in the world, you'll find that among those places, there are eight gold vaults. They are the most highly guarded places in the world. Eight vaults, eight places where gold is stored. And the other most highly guarded places are six places that hold highly confidential and very important data and information. So you see that the things that are most valuable, that are most important, are the things that are protected the most. There was um, an example I was reading of a place in the United States. It's called Fort Knox. And Fort Knox is a place where there is a huge deposit of gold from the United States. And it's also a place where most of our important historical documents are kept, like the Declaration of Independence. And they have several layers of protection at Fort Knox. I want to just read you a few of these layers. So the first layer of protection that they have is a solid granite wall that surrounds the whole place. After you pass that granite wall, there is an entire squadron of military agents with automatic weapons that come and guard the second perimeter with machine guns. There's armed military. And if you get past that second layer of protection, the third layer of protection is a 22-ton vault 
blast door. And on this door, there's a lock. And the lock requires a 10-person team just to open it. You see how heavily protected they have Fort Knox? Because it's something that's valuable. It's something that's valuable not only to our nation, but to history as a whole. And so because it's valuable, it is protected. And the same goes for us on a personal level, right? Think about it. Think about how much you protect the things that you love, right? For example, I have a daughter, and for those of you who don't know, it is highly obvious now that I have another on the way, and I love my daughters, I love my children, I love my family, and there's nothing that I wouldn't do to protect them. And I'm sure that's true for all of you watching at home. And so the things we love the most, the things that are most important and most valuable are the things that are most worthy of our protection. And so today I want to talk about that, about being protectors of the miracle, because really the miracle is one of the most valuable assets that we have. It's one of the most prized possessions, the greatest treasure that as a Christian we can have. And so we must protect it with everything that we have. And so there are certain enemies of a miracle enemies that come to attack that miracle that we have to be on the guard against right we're the protectors of the miracle and we have to be on guard against these enemies i want to read from luke chapter 8 the story of a man and this story is really what god has been speaking to me so if you have a chance there turn in your bible to luke chapter 8 verse 40 it says, now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all awaiting him. And then a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, and he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, and she was sick and was dying. I want to skip the next couple of verses, but if you skip down to verse 49, it says, while he was still speaking, right? Because in between verse 40 and 41, after those verses that we skipped is another story, a side story, and he would start speaking to another group of people, but then he kind, Jesus kind of gets distracted because another group of people come and ask him to help. And while he was still speaking to those people, it says in verse 48, he says, in verse 49, excuse me, while he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter has died. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. And then in verse 40, verse 50, I'm sorry, Jesus says he heard what they told him. He heard what these people told Jairus. And he says, Jesus answered him, do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called saying, child, arise. And the spirit returned to her 
and she got up at once and he directed that something should be given to her to eat. This is such an amazing story. This father had such amazing faith that Jesus could do a miracle for his daughter. The Bible says here that his daughter was so sick, she was about to die. And he goes out and tries to find Jesus. He finally finds Jesus and he says, Jesus, please come with me. I need a miracle. My daughter needs a miracle. She's about to die. And so Jesus is on his way to help this father. And all of a sudden he gets sidetracked because another woman needs a miracle. And between that time, some bad news comes for the father. And they tell the father, your daughter died. Don't bother Jesus anymore. And Jesus tells him, do not fear, only believe. And that's the first thing. The first enemy that we see of the miracle is fear. Fear is such a great enemy of the miracle. Jesus told this man, do not fear, only believe and she will be well. Only believe. He admonished the father, do not fear, do not allow fear. Fear is an enemy of the miracle, right? Because even when all hope is lost, even when there is nothing left to do, Jesus says, do not fear. Do not be afraid. Only believe. And imagine Imagine if Jairus would have lost hope. Imagine if he would have listened to that bad news and he would have said, you know what, Jesus, it's too late. Don't bother coming. It's just nothing can be done. No, Jairus didn't do that. Instead, he chose to listen to what Jesus said. Even though he received negative news, he listened to Jesus who said, do not fear only believe, remain in hope because Jesus is our hope. He says, do not be afraid. And miracles happen when we persevere. Miracles happen when we press through, when we decide to say no to the voice of fear and we decide to listen and believe on Jesus. You know, there's a beautiful story in the Bible of a man, a man who was blind and he had been blind for many years. And he heard that Jesus was coming. He heard that Jesus was gonna be passing by. And he started to listen and he heard the commotion. He heard Jesus coming close. And so he shouted out and he started saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I need to be healed. He needed a miracle. And what happened? That voice of fear tried to come to silence him and people would tell him, be quiet, don't bother Jesus. But you know what he did? The Bible says that he screamed and shouted even louder. And what happened for this man? He received the miracle because he didn't receive the voice of fear he persevered he pressed on in spite of what people were saying in spite of that negative voice he pressed on and he received his miracle you see fear is such an enemy it tries to steal the miracle away from God's people it tries to steal the miracle away from us it makes us doubt and question what God said he would do. It makes us doubt and question what we know in our hearts that God can do. Fear is such an enemy and we have to be on our guard. We have to protect the miracle from fear. Now, this is especially true during this time that we're in. Think about it. 
The enemy is using so many fear tactics. He's using so many things to try to keep people intimidated. For example, um, I have an iPhone and we all have apps on our iPhone, right? And something that I noticed is that I had this news app and every day at seven in the morning, it would send me updates about how many people in the world are dying and local cases. And every day I would wake up and I would see these updates and I would see how the updates were getting closer to home. And I realized that the enemy was trying to use intimidation. I had to delete that app. I'm not saying there's something wrong with being informed, but why is it that every day at 7 a.m., the first thing I had to see when I woke up was something full of fear? I decided to reject that, and I decided that the first thing I'm going to listen to is the voice of God, and that's what we need to do. We need to decide to reject the voice of fear and accept the voice of God and protect our miracle against that first enemy, which is fear. And so, you know, when we are faced with these circumstances, like the father here was, Jairus, we have to have that kind of faith to believe, not just for something natural and possible, which is what the father was originally believing for. He believed that Jesus could heal his daughter. But the father also believed for something supernatural, something illogical, something impossible, which is that once his daughter died, that Jesus could still do a miracle, that Jesus could still raise his daughter from the dead. He believed for something supernatural. And for us, when we reject the voice of fear, our faith will be strong enough to believe in the supernatural, in the impossible, in the illogical, because that's the realm where Jesus moves. Amen? Amen. So the second enemy that we have to protect our miracle from is the atmosphere. The atmosphere, right? And I want to read a point, a part, part of this verse to you. In Matthew, which is another one of the Gospels. The same story is being told. But what we see is something very interesting. It says here in Luke, in verse 51, that when he came to the house, he saw that everyone was weeping and mourning already. Right? And in Matthew, in chapter 8, verse... Sorry, chapter 9, verse... 23 it says that Jesus entered and he saw that the people were mourning and what did he say he says go away the girl is not dead but asleep but they laughed at him and verse 25 but Jesus took everyone out and after the crowd had been put outside he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up and was alive Right. And so what do we see here? We see here that Jesus was very intentional about what kind of atmosphere was moving in that place. Jesus arrived on the scene and he saw people crying and weeping and mourning because the girl was dead. And it says that Jesus kicked them all out. Everyone was put outside of the house except for three of his disciples and the mother and father of this child. 
Jesus didn't allow anyone in that place that wasn't in agreement with the miracle that was about to happen, that didn't have the faith to believe for the miracle that was about to happen. It says that Jesus kicked everyone out. And it says that only after, only after everyone that was mourning was out, did Jesus do the miracle. You see, the atmosphere of a place can either make it or break it, right? I'll give you an example. Think about Dunkin' Donuts and think about Starbucks. You don't really see people hanging out at Dunkin' Donuts for three, four, five hours. On the other hand, if you go to a Starbucks, people hang out there all day. It's all coffee. It's all the same things, but Starbucks has been intentional about creating an atmosphere that makes people want to stay there, that makes people want to work there, that makes people want to create in their spaces. Dunkin' Donuts atmosphere has been come in, get your coffee, and get out. And so we see that an atmosphere of a place is so important. And that's what Jesus was doing here. Jesus said, no one is allowed in this place that's going to make this atmosphere an atmosphere that is contrary to the miracle that is about to happen. And so the atmosphere is so important, and we have to protect that atmosphere. We have to get rid of anything negative, anything that is not in agreement with the miracle that you are praying for. I want you for a second to just think about it. If you're taking notes, maybe write it down. What things in your life have been contrary to an atmosphere of a miracle? What negativity has been around you? And you have to make a decision to exclude those things, to get rid of them like Jesus did. Kick them out and only accept things in your surrounding that are in agreement with the miracle that you are praying for. Jesus did the miracle, but first he prepared the atmosphere. Amen? Now, the third enemy that we see in this story, the third enemy of a miracle. It says, it goes on to say that he kicked everybody out and they were weeping. And Jesus said, do not weep for the girl is not dead. She is only asleep. Verse 53, and they laughed at him knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called and said, child, arise. And the spirit returned to her. The third enemy of a miracle are words. You see, these people were speaking so contrary to the way Jesus spoke. They're saying, Jesus, she's dead, she's dead, she's dead. And all they were pleading is, the girl is dead, the girl is dead. But Jesus said, the girl is not dead, she's only asleep. And people there, the people that were not in agreement with the miracle started to laugh at Jesus. They started to laugh at him saying these words. They started to laugh about the fact that Jesus said, no, she's not dead. Even though she was lying there, Jesus said, no, she's not dead. She's just asleep. Words are so important. And even though they laughed, Jesus' attitude was like, you can laugh all you want, but this miracle is going to happen. You can laugh all you want, but my words are going to be different from your words because this miracle is about to happen. And so when we're hoping and praying for a miracle, 
We have to be very careful with the words that we speak, the words we allow other people to speak over our circumstance. You know, there's a story that I was reading to my daughter not too long ago, and it's about three little frogs. Just indulge me. It's about three little frogs, and they gather together to race against each other and the goal of this race was for the three little frogs to make it all the way to the mountaintop and a huge crowd of animals gathered around and all the other little critters gathered around to watch these three frogs make it to the mountaintop and they counted down one two three go and as soon as they said go, the three little frogs started to race and jump and hop all the way. And in the beginning, all of the animals that were there and all of the critters that were there were so excited and were cheering them on. And were like, yeah, go ahead, go, you can do it. And so the frogs were leaping and suddenly the race got a little bit slower. And so the frogs got tired. And when everyone that was watching started to see the frogs getting tired, they start to talk amongst each other, but the frogs could hear everything that was happening. They start saying, no, they're not gonna make it. The mountaintop is way up there. They're already tired. They're about to give up. Look, they're so tired. They can't barely make it halfway. And just like this, all the other animals kept saying these kind of things. And so one of the frogs, started hearing this and he gave up. He's like, you know what, they're right. I'm not gonna make it all the way up to that mountaintop. And he gave up. And there was only two frogs left in the race. And the people kept talking and saying, sorry, the critters kept talking and saying, no, they're so tired. They look exhausted, their legs are shaking. And the other frog heard this and he said, yeah, my legs are tired. And he gave up too. But the other frog, the third frog, he kept jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping. And little by little, he kept getting closer and closer. And everyone was still saying, he looks exhausted. He looks tired. There's no way he's going to make it. The other two frogs already gave up. There's no way he's going to make it all the way up there. But this frog kept jumping and leaping and hopping. And he made it all the way to the mountaintop. The other two frogs were shocked. They're like, how did this frog make it all the way to the mountaintop? So they go all the way up there. The whole crowd goes up there and they ask him how he made it. And to their surprise, the frog was deaf. He couldn't hear everything that the other animals were saying. He couldn't hear all the negative things that they were saying. All he knew was that that was his goal and that's what he was going to accomplish. And you see, words are so important that we be careful to what we listen to, what we allow to be spoken about our miracle. We must protect our miracle from negative words. Jesus didn't allow the man, the father, to speak according to the way the other people were speaking. And Jesus never spoke according to the way the other people were speaking. And you know, a lot of times we wonder, why isn't my miracle happening? Why hasn't my miracle happened yet? Because a lot of times we're speaking in an opposite way 
than the miracle that we're expecting. The words that we're confessing and that we're allowing other people to confess are contrary to the miracle that we are praying and that we are hoping for. And so as Christians, we have to be so careful with what we say and what we allow other people to speak on our circumstances, on our family, on our situation, because those words can become an enemy to the miracle. Amen? And now, something that I wanted to point out as I close is if we read this story in Matthew chapter 9, one of the parts that really just touched my heart so much in verse 19, it says, while he was speaking, right? Because right before this story, he was being questioned by John's disciples about fasting. He was in a public place, having a public conversation, a discourse. He was teaching people. And then in verse 19, it says, while he was speaking, the ruler came and knelt before him. And verse 19, it says that Jesus got up and went with him and took his disciples with him. What I love about this is that Jesus, he was so busy. He was in the middle of something very important. But when this father came to him and begged him to come, Jesus stopped everything he was doing. Jesus stopped that public discourse. He stopped talking to whoever he was talking to. And the Bible says he got up and he went with Jairus. And that touched my heart so much because it shows us that Jesus cares. Jesus saw this father who was about to lose his daughter and he stopped everything to go and to do the miracle for this man. He stopped everything he was doing. He got up and he went, he traveled with this father to do the miracle. Jesus cares. Jesus is rooting for your miracle. Jesus wants your miracle to happen. He is the one that wants it to happen the most. He wants our miracle to come to pass. But we have to protect that miracle with everything that we have. Today, we have to become protectors of the miracle. People and Christians who truly value the miracle so much that we protect it. That we protect it against fear. That we protect it against a negative atmosphere. And that we protect it against words that come to speak opposite things than what Jesus said he would do. Today I just want to encourage you. During this time we are praying collectively as a church and individually as families, as people for a great miracle to happen. But we have to be very intentional. We have to be very conscious of how we protect this miracle because it's so valuable. We have to be so intentional about protecting our miracle. Do not allow fear in your heart. Do not allow the enemy to use fear tactics to intimidate you. Do not allow your atmosphere to be weighed down by people or things that do not come into agreement with your miracle. And do not allow negative words to come out of your mouth and do not allow negative words to be spoken by other people about you, about your family, about your circumstances. Whatever miracle you're praying for today, just remember you are the protector of that miracle. And with that, I want to pray for you today. Wherever you are, I want you to just close your eyes. If you're sitting at home with your family, I want you to take your family by the hand. And I want to pray for you today. I want us to come together and pray in agreement. Lord Jesus, today we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you because your word is true. Because your word is always true.
We thank you because you, Jesus, are that miracle worker. You are that God who stops what he's doing, who comes and comes to our need, comes to our rescue because you want our miracle to happen, Lord. I pray for your people, God. I pray for the church. I pray for everyone who's watching right now. If fear has come to attack their life, if fear has come to intimidate them and bring insecurity into their heart, today I pray that you set them free from fear. I pray that you set them free from any intimidation that the enemy has brought against them and fill them with faith. Today Jesus says to you, do not fear, only believe. Do not fear, only believe. Get rid of any fear that is in your heart. Today, Lord Jesus, I pray set us free from fear today I pray Lord Jesus that you reveal to us what things around us in our surrounding in our atmosphere are contrary to the miracle that you want to do and Lord Jesus I pray that you just take control of our words that you make our words reflect your word that everything that comes out of our mouth be according to your word today we reject any words that were spoken that were negative that were contrary anything that was spoken against our family against us against your people lord jesus against this nation we don't accept it we don't accept it we declare that jesus is doing a miracle and we are protectors of those miracles we are the protectors of the miracle that jesus has already started to work lord jesus today we just pray for your people we pray for the united states we pray that you keep us safe lord jesus and that you bring a revival in this time like we've never seen before lord jesus and use us use your church to protect the miracle that you have started, that miracle that has already begun. We want to be protectors of that miracle, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Today, I just thank you so much for joining us. I pray that you meditate on this word, that you are blessed by this word, and just keep on seeking God. Keep on persevering for your miracle because the miracle is on its way. Thank you so much and God bless you all. Thanks so much for tuning in. Before you go, make sure to click the follow button so you never miss what's new. We would love to connect with you. You can follow us on Instagram at G12Church and share with us how this message has impacted you. Until next time.